welcome to the Mystic Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, lightworking your way through the unknown. Today on our show, we have Meg Calvin, who is a writing and marketing coach who helps writers do the deep spiritual work to create their Amazon best-selling books. Through her intuitive gifts, time-tested writing and marketing techniques, she guides writers in forever unblocking those deep subconscious blocks around their identity, their time, their unique writing style, monetizing and marketing their book. Meg believes as these things become unblocked, the writer becomes unstoppable on their path in birthing an Amazon best-selling book. I hope you enjoy today's show. All right. Hello, Meg Calvin. Thank you for joining us today. Um, your story and path is so interesting um, and filled with twists and turns in ways that you can help other spiritual minded folks out there. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your path journey, just all that good stuff? There's so much going on there. Yes, there is so much going on. Yes. I thank you, Jamie, for having me. I've really enjoyed your Absolutely. podcast. And this is such a I, I it's such a joy to learn about the different way that you go about with your Reiki practice and um the angel meditations that I've seen on your website. And I'm I'm super excited to be just in your space. And um I'm in I'm in awe of how you serve people. I'm in I honor your raw way of being about even harder things on your Instagram. Yeah. And that, yeah. um, so I, I'm hope I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy to be here with you today. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, it's, it's, it's hard not my style is very regular talking comfortable and it's just, there's no other way to do it. Some of these life lessons and journeys and hard stuff. It's just the only way that I was going to be able to talk to the world is casually. Oh, Oh, I love that. Yes, 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 yes. So my story in the the most concise way possible. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not at all. Not at all. I think this is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but this was my experience and I see it in other people too, that when we sometimes those of us that have harder little T big T traumas in our early childhood, Mm -hmm. we are sometimes drawn to God at an earlier age because we meet whatever label we want to call that divine source Mm -hmm. universe. We, we are so, um, open (laughs) for healing and hungry for healing and hungry for connection. I don't really know how to explain it, but that was, that was my experience. And so as a young child had, had moments of a physical abuse and neglect, um, abandonment, emotional abuse. Oh, what a, what a fun way we're starting out this episode. Aren't we just, that's okay. I mean, I really, I, I understand what you're saying. There's a lot of people that are going to be listening to it. There's some that I have in mind right now that it'll resonate with. So all that's, all that will be said is as it should be. Yes, that's good. Yes. Um, uh, that's really helpful to hear. And, um, 
and, and um, from that place met God at an early age. So began singing in a church choir when I was six, was the only white girl among this amazing African-American gospel choir. And I specifically remember feeling the divine's presence in me as I sang and, and, and swayed to worship. So by the age of 13, my grandparents were missionaries and I began preaching. And what I now know, since I've started my metaphysical journey or started, started embracing the metaphysical side of life and spiritual tools and technologies, in a sense, I believe I was channeling, but yeah. because people would always say like, I can't believe you wrote that sermon. You you're so wise for your age, but so at 13, I began preaching and singing in my well, continued singing. And my grandparents would take me with them on mission trips. And I would, I was basically a show pony for lack of better words. And on these conferences and churches, I would sing and I would preach. Answered the call to full-time ministry when I was 16 and then worked on a paid church staff from age 17 to 32, went to seminary and everything. Um, I will, I will, I will pause there that, and, or do you want me to keep going when I left the church, when I left ministry? Um, you know, how you can basically say how that kind of flowed Mm. into maybe summarize how it flowed into what you're doing now and and things like that. Because, you know, I know even myself, I have not heard and been in contact with individuals. And now I see that there's probably many out there Mm. that have had this sort of path. I mean, I grew up Roman Catholic, but I don't even feel like that was as far of a a move than what you've come through and, and Mm -hmm. realize, and I do believe fully that we're put on this path and given these different um, experiences to mold us into the type of individual that's going to serve different people in that way. Like you um, being a bridge, allowing them, uh, you know, for the two worlds, people that are questioning things. And I'm kind of jumping ahead because I know a little bit more guys, Um, (laughs) but I'll let her kind of go there. (laughs) No inside stories here, Jamie. Yes. I love it. I love it. While I was serving in the the church uh, Methodist mainline. So I have to say that because it it was, it was wonderful to be a woman, to be a, a young woman, to be 13 and have mentors of both genders pushing me toward church leadership. And I celebrate that. But at the same time, as I realized when I was 32, while my motive that whole time, when I started preaching and singing as a child was for, and the divine used it for good, but my motive at its core wasn't necessarily joy that might've been there, but the loudest motive was I want people to love me and applaud me. And that only lasts for so long. Um, you go with kind of what's working yeah, for you to fill right. the voids caused by, you know, the big and little T traumas and stuff. And it comes right. out in all different ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So true. So, because I was living from a place in my twenties and teens of oppressing, no, not that word, sorry, appeasing and impressing my loud Christian mentors in my life, <laughs> not oppressing. Hopefully I wasn't oppressing anyone. Um, <laughs> um, I, the nudges I had to the, the metaphysical world. And when I use, when I use that, I mean, things like, um, numerology, astrology, tarot, crystals, 
reincarnation, soul contracts, those sort of things, those sort of concepts, those experiences. I, I would never explore them because I just wanted, I wanted someone to love me and tell me I was good enough. Um, I wouldn't stray from kind of a, a recipe that was getting yes. you there at that time. Mm-hmm, totally. And at the same time, because we all have conscious and subconscious things running in our being every day of our mm-hmm. lives, there was another part of me that was so drawn to it and knew I had this deep inner knowing that Jesus was on that Jesus and the, the Western view of him in the Protestant church was only telling part of the story. So blah, 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 when I was, um, my first book got picked up in 2017 that opened the door for as, as books do for the clients I serve now that opened the door for speaking, come speak at this conference about your book. Um, would you coach me? And I began coaching other ministers to prevent compassion fatigue and professional burnout. And by the when way, I, guys, Meg is a best-selling author too. I, I you know, <laughs> there's that part too. There's that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that part too. Yeah. Um, when I started in these one-on-one sessions, I loved, I loved them so much with clients. And I had gone to seminary to study curriculum writing and pastoral care. I wanted to get inside the brain and how do we, how do I nurture strong nonprofit volunteer teams? So it's funny when we look back over our life, we see how the divine was connecting dots or giving us breadcrumbs to follow every step. I call it. (laughs) Yes. Paint by, oh, I love that. Yes. Paint by numbers. As I started coaching after the first book, I noticed that a lot of Christians, I'm going to land the plane soon, I promise. I noticed (laughs) lots of overly religious people, like I call them overcommitted Christians or recovering holy rollers. We we have these limiting beliefs around, because of our religious indoctrinations around marketing being um, egotistical or sinful or dirty around monetizing our gifts, being greedy around pleasure and bliss. And for a lot of the Mm -hmm. clients I've served, um, I've been honored to serve 34 in the past three years that I started this business. Um, to, to those I have served, I have yet to serve someone who doesn't match this next part. Writing is pleasure for them and bliss. Of course, there's writers, moments of writer's block and moments we have to like pull teeth to get things out. But for the most part, people I serve really enjoy writing. So it's, and so that was a limiting belief too, as a Christian, how can I trust my pleasure? How can I trust my bliss? So that, that those limiting beliefs led to my second book, which is what would happen if a nun conceived a book baby with Seth Meyers. It's, um, (laughs) I am, I am my own sanctuary, how recovering Holy roller found healing and power. And that book was dropped December of 2019. And in 2020, I started my coaching business, helping others write their Amazon bestselling bright market and sell their Amazon bestselling books. So that was my, that, um, I guess I missed the part where right before the second, what opened me up to mm-hmm. med- the metaphysical spiritual world. And I had an insane moment around a dream and a reincarnation, a, a dream my daughter had, um, and two podcast episodes over past li- the same day, over past lives and, uh, wow. earthmarks and dreams. And <laughs> that metaphysical mystical moment opened me up to changing something in the second book about, uh, sex and purity culture in the church. And once I had that spiritual, metaphysical, mystical moment, I opened, I, I opened myself up to 
this new dimension of meeting my spirit guides and using metaphysical, mystical, spiritual tools on a regular basis. And I left, obviously left, left them, left them. I say, obviously for me, it was obvious that it was time for me to leave the church. That is not to say that some people can't stay ministers and also practice with the metaphysical world. But your path, they were kind of shining a a spotlight down. Totally. And every so often, that's how I feel, you know, in this journey, I have a lot of students that they want like an outline of, okay, I want to be clairvoyant or I want to do this. So I got to tell me how to do this, this, and this, and this. And it didn't quite, although I did quite a bit, I'm kind of a geek with the book learning, you know, I come Mm -hmm. from a very analytical background, a network administrator, computer tech college in that. And then the universe kind of just planted me over here (laughs) on this other side. So I did like researching. Yeah. Um, And, you know, kind of using my analytical strengths to build things, but the most amazing stuff happened spontaneously Mm -hmm. when they decided um, that it was time and it, nothing is linear right? So every, uh, there's quite a few individuals that want a linear path. Mm-hmm. Nothing is linear. And I wanted it, believe me, I wanted it to be linear. It is not linear. They hopped mm-hmm. me here to there and there. And it sounds like you were taking on quite the journey just to create the, the special sauce that you give to the world, mm-hmm. really, to make us all unique in mm-hmm. our own magic and how you can help others and, and yeah. relate to them in, in different things. And that's what I think also about the traumas and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the things my higher self is kind of, and I call my dream team upstairs. Uh, <laughs> I love that quite a bit of my family. And I work heavily with the archangels, um, in spirit and, and send a masters and whoever is here for the highest and best. Cool. I'm okay with that now, mm-hmm. you know, in life. I, as I mentioned, I grew up Roman Catholic and there was a bit of unpacking as I was moving more into this because you know it's kind of a uh, be seen and not heard sort of thing um at least my environment was with that Mm -hmm. and you know the big thing that I talk about is they taught us how to to pray and to ask but we were never taught how to listen and how to see the signs right Mm -hmm. and that's the missing piece that really gives people comfort Mm -hmm. I think when you're in those dark spaces, I know it did help me, you know, when I lost my mom, um, and some of my other family members, the fact that I had developed a language that I could talk to them or my spirit guides or anything brought me a lot of comfort and helped me get through in very healthy ways, as opposed to others that I know. Um, and you know, that didn't have quite the same result you know, and Mm -hmm. maybe fell into addiction or really low states and stuff because they felt so dark and alone. Um, Not to say it was, you know, a pleasure ride or anything, but (laughs) you knew you weren't alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, if I can, I know with what I do, if I can just help one more person not feel alone in those times and know that there is a team out there, it's a different way to talk than Mm -hmm. or hug or anything like that, but it can be very comforting. So mm-hmm. I squirreled off, by the way, I squirrel all over the place. So no, I, me I love it. It goes. <laughs> I, I love it. You are so, I love how you emphasized 
the power of listening, because I would definitely yes. agree since yes. stepping into the metaphysical world, which I did fully dove into it in 20, as I said, 2019, since then, yeah. there has been such a greater emphasis on the listening. And I know, I know we talked about in the church a lot, stillness and prayer, but this idea of since 2019, I've learned to deeply listen to my body and how my intuition shows up. And now I'm so excited about this, but I have had, I've had three, three, two people very close to me that did crossover in um, 2020. And then this past summer and then, uh, and that I have connected with and can tell they, they feel, they feel and sound differently when they come in for messages. And mm-hmm. so that, that part is so exciting. And that wouldn't, those, those connections that were very guiding to me, they happened when I needed guidance. Yeah. They wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have been practicing the, the listening part. And, um, and, yeah. and so I, I love that. I love that emphasis. You know, because before I really dove into this, you kind of think, and and at least in my environment, as I grew up, you know, you go to heaven and, uh, and, and that's it, you know, we'll see you in 50 years, you know, (laughs) like it's (laughs) it's just this abrupt cut and, and it could be that I'm a Libra and, you know, I'm a little more sappy than the average bear. Um, but also, you know, some of the traumas and stuff, I, it, it really pains me to think about Mm -hmm. losing someone Mm -hmm. like that, you know, and that's really what catapulted me. I mean, I had started in 2008 searching for something else, Buddhism and stuff, because I never really felt totally accepted by, uh, the church being as who I am, not that I was out in the world telling that, but you know, there was always a piece of me felt rejected on some level. However, I was so drawn to chapel where I could Mm. go in there quietly, the candles, I could light a candle. You see the thing going on here, the uh, pattern, and then the Gregorian chant and just being in Mm. there. And there was aspects that were so in the incense, all of that stuff. um, I was so drawn to and didn't understand why that was the most important parts to me. You know, that more than anything else. And as I got deeper and deeper into the metaphysical world and just really opened up more, I realized that, you know, that's something that is in many different religions and cultures and spiritualities. It's a way to connect in. And then I started to, you know, connect the dots and I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, all right. I see this. I understand. And then doing some past life regressions and learning how to do that kind of myself, the visits, as I call them, um, mm, I and seeing that. some, <laughs> thank you. And seeing some different, um, past lives of mine and, and what I was doing and it matched up with the things that I was drawn to in the metaphysical world. And it was just so interesting. It allowed me to really embrace all of who I was. And I think that was the final bit that allowed me to let go of some of the dogma that I was taught. And there's nothing against, I'm not trying to down anything. It's just my journey is all right. You know, and, uh, that allowed me to fully embrace basically who I was and not feel bad about it. Cause I wasn't doing anything bad. I was like, you know, trying to talk to angels and help people and, and do that mm-hmm. and, and other things. I never had any idea that I would ever be 
a healer in any way. You know, mm. that was not something that I sought out again. I was in computers. And so, you know, and then I thought divination was going to be the thing. Cause I really like cards and crystals and things like that. And, mm-hmm. but they, <laughs> mm-hmm. those above guys, I'm pointing to the sky again. Um, if you can't see me, <laughs> uh, they guided me into that completely. And I learned to surrender to it. So I was landing the plane as well, going back to your surrendering and opening up to mm. the guidance they have for you, because it can, if you allow it in, it can manifest in beautiful ways that you can't, you've never imagined, mm-hmm. which I think is similar to your journey. Oh, 100%, 100%. And this just dropped on my head too, that it, I feel it might serve listeners. And I hear it in your story that yeah. every, every, every soul has a different curriculum for this incarnation. And that is good. And that the, the alt-right Baptist church down the street is currently serving you someone hypothetically out there. Um, awesome. Do it until it doesn't serve you. (laughs) Um, but it does. And every soul has different curriculum and where I was served me then. And I had to, I think the hardest part on my spiritual journey because of my wounds that I had was, um, surrendering to the fact that I would outgrow, like we all do. Sometimes we outgrow our mentors and because of my abandonment issues, um, with parental guidance in my life, Mm -hmm. I, of course, emotionally and in an unhealthy way, attached to certain Christian mentors, put them on a pedestal and did what, and was their puppet. And then as I began, I don't, it sounds, it feels pretentious in my bones to say evolving because it's why it's what you're not, I won't say should, because we don't should all over ourselves, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is exactly the plan is for us mm-hmm. to evolve and grow mm-hmm. and empower ourselves. That was a hard one for me um, with my background is to claim the empowerment. I thought that was so cocky and like egotistical. And I could not, I couldn't mentally grasp how I could empower and not feel like I was putting everyone down there. And then after a lot of shadow work, I realized it's such a beautiful and calm and confident way without ever having to put anyone below you or anything to empower is means something much different than take power over. Oh, yes. Than to oppress. Which was hard for me to understand. I know uh, my journey. But then when mm-hmm. I did, I was like, oh, this feels so much nicer. <laughs> mm. you know, yes. To fully embrace and just not fight it and just be you know, mm-hmm. no competition, you know, just be, you are just your be. own journey, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. speaks to some of your other gifts that you help those in the world with the writing and putting their stories out there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, 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 yes. So the magic sauce or the part that I love the most is the, is the intuitive getting intuitively aligned with a book idea within a person and then getting intuitively aligned with a client to help them build their brand. And so what are, I call my target audience spiritually attuned go-getters. And that doesn't mean that they're writing strictly Christian. I have a boudoir photographer that dabbles in Buddhism. And then I have a fire and brimstone Baptist pastor with a heart of gold and whatever serves them because of the divine, the paint by number plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can speak the language as Paul says in the new Testament, when it serves to be Roman, I'm Roman. When it serves to be Jew, I'm Jew. So I will meet my clients where they are, but how theologically, and they're all over the spectrum. Yeah. 
but if, um, I love serving people that believe three things. Uh, spiritually attuned go-getter in my mind believes that ambition is holy. It's not, it's not driving a car. It's not in the front seat, <laughs> um, but it's, it's in the car and it is holy. And I say that because as Marianne Williamson teaches mm-hmm. so often we shrink back and play small. And then from my experience, we do that in the name of Christianity. Like I better play small. I, I better not take up too much space. That wouldn't be humble. That wouldn't be pious of me as a Christian. So I love working with people that either believe ambition is good and holy or that they want to believe that it's good and holy and they want help with that. Um, secondly, they believe in the divinity, in the cosmic magic, in the mysticism of birthing a book. It's a very divine thing where there's three parties yeah. involved there's the author, there's the coach and partner. And then the book idea itself, I hold the belief that it's divine and it's an entity all on its own. Yes. And it's, it's yes. whispering to the author to be birthed and released. And mm-hmm. then it, it has a life of its own. It's um, the author surrenders the outcome. The author can evolve his or her, their brand after the, um, the book will be a life form of its own. So that it's, it's all divine. It's all divine. Yeah. And, and then the so third healing thing sometimes, yes. Ooh. Oh, so oh, healing hundred percent. Yes. And then the, the third way that I describe it, my target audience are spiritually is spiritually attuned go-getters are those that have a high frequency of service to others. So what I, obviously what I mean by that is there, they have, they believe, or they want to believe that the book within them is there for two reasons. It's bubbling up. It's whispering. It's keeping them up at night. It's forcing them, (laughs) it's forcing them to write notes on the back of a tampon box in the bathroom because the idea is coming out so fast. Um, (laughs) The idea is in there inside of them for two reasons. One is to bring them joy and pleasure in writing it. And the second equally as important, not more important, equally as important reason the book is talking to them is because when we see this in quantum physics, we see it in scripture, this connection, this idea that thought the energy follows thought. The idea is yeah. also within them because someone outside of them is desperately hungry and thinking and dwelling on, I want help with this specific problem. I want a guide. I wish someone with your specific set of skills, experience, scars, yes. style, ideas yes. would write this book to help me. And that's keeping a reader up at night, which is why it's keeping you up at night. And you need to write your book. <laughs> so. <laughs> That is, that is my, my target audience who I serve. And my team does, um, audible books, paperback and Kindle. We guarantee an Amazon bestseller from start to finish. We do a template. We build their brand with them. Um, so we get them through writer's block, uh, basically right now it's just nonfiction and memoir books. I can market anything and teach anyone to market anything. Um, but writing it's just nonfiction and memoir, but I am learning the art of fiction writing so that I can also coach those that want to write fiction and, um, evolution. That's right. I love that idea. I would love to write my own solo book. And that is in the, the process and I say that in my brain in the process, mm-hmm. there's no other process. Of, I need to get to writing. Um, I have bits here and there and everywhere. So that is really cool. Um, yeah. I did. I was a part of. I saw your book that you co-authored. Yeah, it's it was a healing process. It was mm-hmm. it, it was entirely facilitated 
ju I'm just a heel. I wasn't trying to mm -hmm. be anything else at the time other than yeah. the numbers spoke to me, just so many signs. And I thought that it was going, the, the way the numbers and the signs came, I now know it was from my mom, but it mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily just to heal from my mom. It ended up being more about my sister. And that evolved as I started writing and I looked back and I said, oh, okay, thanks, mom. You know, so mm, it was just a chapter. <laughs> it was just a chapter, but it was very interesting areas. I thought I had healed mm -hmm. when I got that pen to paper and got the first line down. I just started breaking down crying. I'm mm -hmm. like, wow. Okay. Not healed. I thought it was. Um, mm. just layers, mm. layers of an onion, right? When you're healing, yeah, so right. I thought I had dug down deep enough. This opened up a bunch of stuff, but it felt so, so good afterwards. Um, and then comes the fear of, oh my gosh, it's going to be released to the whole wide world. They're going to know my secrets and my stories. Mm -hmm. And so you, you get a chance and opportunity to heal again on that level. If you mm -hmm. choose to, uh, choose that adventure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so just releasing it and knowing exactly what you were mentioning before that the people that read it will be those that need that story. They mm -hmm. need a piece of that story and really trusting that. And something that helped me get over, because I was, was kind of that kid in the back of the room that wouldn't raise their hand. I just took notes, you know, in college. I never wanted to be called upon or speak or anything. I mean, that was to, and to know that now I'm teaching and I have podcast and video things. And, you know, it was, it was quite the process and I will give my brother credit. Um, he pushed me last year into the video portion, literally just hit record without awesome. telling me it's like, we're on. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so that, but choosing to say, okay, this is terrifying, but I'm going to do it because mm. I'm getting the signs and I'm trusting the universe, spirit, God, whatever you want to call them, or she, mm -hmm. or they, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, trust that this is going to help you. And on mm -hmm. the other side of this, you're going to feel really good. And so that's something that I had to really continuously, and I still do have to continuously tell myself that this is an opportunity and it's going to feel really good on the other side. You got mm -hmm. this you know, they've got you, you've got this, anything that comes out. And that was another thing, you know, going from my more analytical brain, trying to make everything perfect. You know, what mm. if I mess up? What if I screw up a word or I cough or something goes wrong? The cat meows. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that anything that happened is anything that happens is as it should be. Mm -hmm. If you call in your guides ahead of time, whether it's book writing, a podcast, um, a session, even with my clients, I have um, a prayer that I say beforehand, the highest and best of both involved. And I include mm. myself there too, because, mm -hmm. hey, I'm doing this for spirit and, and everything else. And so why not, you know, everybody involved and, and allow me to learn a lesson today as well, mm -hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, I'm squirreling again, but just not at all, not at all. With, um, going with that, whatever comes out is as it should be. And that helped me get over a lot of fear um, mm -hmm. and talking publicly and anything else. Cause you know, I already throw it out there. And my, again, my brother says something similar. He's uh, he says it, when he teaches classes for Tarot, he says, let's get this off the table right in the beginning. You're going to screw up. You're going to be wrong. 
Okay. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then he starts the class. So just getting it out there. But I don't yes. say I'm going to be wrong necessarily. My version is what what should come out will come out and you're going to speak yes. to someone else. You know, oh, whether they giggle yes. when they're listening and it lightens their energy so that they can open up to you more or or you, you know, throw out a swear word or something, but that actually gets the respect of someone in their attention so that they can learn mm-hmm. what they needed to from hearing it. They work in weird ways. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm so glad you brought up this that your motive for writing, co-writing your first book was your own healing. Because I I've experienced that with my clients. They want different things when they come to write a book. And all of my clients, thankfully, because it's all integrated. I believe when we go deep to be creative, we already know from the sacral chakra that creativity and sexual energy live in the same place. So there's, I I believe that plays a huge role in my clients. When they birth books, they birth breakthroughs. Like it's wherever we dig deep enough to be bravely creative, that bravery seeps into every part of our life. So I've had so many clients that either, um, made a, he made a move. They were putting off for seven years. Once the book was published, left an unhealthy marriage after publishing the book or no, that was while we were, while we were writing it, um, got a, got, got a different job, had the sweaty palm conversation with a relative, even though some of those things weren't at all connected with the book. When we go deep enough, um, to be creative, we also meet, like you said, onion, these layers of wounds. And, and then I had some clients that I had one recently this past year. I always ask on an exploration call, what are the specific life differences it would make in your life to be holding your book after it's published and know that it's on someone else's bedside table and they're highlighting it and there's crumbs and from their granola bar inside because they can't put it down. There's uh-huh. tear stains That's on it. Highlighter and pen yeah. Underlining yes. everything. I just, yes. up, but I love it that way. I mean, like, yeah, it's oh, there's totally inspiring bits and yeah. Yes. Yes. Bedside table. That's just crazy. And this one client on the expiration call said, uh, it is beautiful. You're right. She said, I have to write this book because her, her husband had passed away six months before she said, I have been married 34 years. This book is going to collapse time for my grief. And I need my grief to speed up because my second husband is waiting on me and I need to be the person that writing this book is going to make me into. And I was like, mic drop, mind blown. And that was her that was her motive. So it was all collapsing time in her grief. And that's exactly what it did. It was amazing. And then other clients are coaches or consultants, and they want a book that's going to be a lead magnet. That's going to build their email list. That's going to get them for on, um, invited to conferences to speak. And so it's a business tool. So we talk more about the, the, the numbers, the ROI of their book. Mm -hmm. And then some, some it's all emotional, but I would say, um, I think the emotional bit is there for everybody, but for those that are coaches or consultants um, or business owners, those clients, they, they're making a tool. Um, But that's been fascinating to get, get behind the readers. What's the why behind, behind writing it. And so I'm glad you said that, that the first one you worked on, it was strictly a healing motive. You wanted to heal, you know, the, the publisher touted that we'd be international bestseller and you will get lead magnets and stuff. I, (laughs) cool, but (laughs) I I really, I, I was like, okay, if that happens, happens, you know, that's that other side of me. It's like, well, we'll see about that. Cause I do have marketing background and stuff, 
Um, yeah, I, I said, that. but it's, it's <clears throat> for me, my, my focus was just literally for myself, <laughs> not that yeah. it was a selfish, but a self full act to do right. this so that I could heal in in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it was the idea was to heal from my mom's passing, but it ended up bringing up more of my sister and what it turned into was me allowing myself to be seen. Mm, that whoa. was the unexpected bonus. Mm-hmm. I'm okay now with doing that. And just as I am, you know, mm-hmm. not having to be, you know, Barbie or anything else, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just, just me being here, telling my story, trying to help some folks, just connecting with people. And so it allowed me to give myself permission to be really seen and not keep myself, well, it's okay for the locals, you know, <laughs> allow mm-hmm. myself to say, hey, the rest of the world, if you want to meet me, here I am. If not, cool. <laughs> you know, yes. So it was yes. weird. A lot of people in, in the group, you know, um, of authors, they had plans on the, you know, lead magnets and all this, and they really took it and did book signings. And I said, well, maybe next time. It's mm-hmm. kind of about this and that's big enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm so super good. Excited and, and my initial thought on a, a next book after that one, I thought for sure it was going to be, you know, on my experience with angels and how it transformed. But then I started thinking about more stuff that could go in there. And that's just Jamie trying to have all these avenues that cross connect, but it may be too much for a book. I don't know. That's a story for another day, I guess, but there sounds so awesome. (laughs) Something else I want to say to, and I'm not sure what it is exactly in a way, because there's a few different things. So I don't know, maybe we can connect on that level as well. Yes. I'd be honored. I love, I love when that happens when we're creating that there's this, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm holding space for it. Yes. Yes. And, and, and trusting that. Yes. Yeah. That's the hardest thing I, I find folks that just come in, you know, two of the, the basic things that we talk about is, you know, learning to trust the universe and your guides and learning mm-hmm. to trust your ability to hear them. Wow. And do it mm-hmm. <laughs> and not second yes. guess yourself because of all yes. the external factors. You know, there was a, a question brought up the other night um, on the TikTok live with my brother forget the exact question. Um, I think it was something about a lot of things were going wrong in this, this client's life. And I can't remember the exact situation, but I know my answer was to point blank, look at them and say, do you trust the universe? Mm-hmm. And just let them answer because what it was, um, was leading back to timing and they were trying to rush things and that, you know, it wasn't happening fast enough. And so that's my question back. Mm-hmm. What is fast? You know, to the universe, it's all <sighs> happening as it needs to open up for you. You know, mm. our ego minds aren't in charge of the speed, but we mm-hmm. are in charge of listening and watching and mm. taking steps and stuff. So I, and you know, that's a, always a lesson. I have to remind myself I'm human and I get excited <laughs> and I want something and I have to go, well, you believe in right timing. You do, you believe in divine timing. So just do what you can do today. Mm. And, you know, of course, petition, you know, I always ask anyways, and say, guys, if there's a way to speed it up, though, I'm totally open to that. 
you know? <laughs> I love that. I love so, that. So, you know, it's not that I bargain with them, but I do also teach clients that you have some say in this. You can ask, and if I believe my perspective, if it's within your path and it's a little additive that they could add in and you ask for it, they throw it in. I'm mm-hmm. happy for you, as I call it, as you're doing the thing you got to do. <laughs> That's my perspective. Yes. What is fast? In the what big scheme fast? of things, what is fast to the yeah. universe? Yes. Whose timeline are you working on here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. Um, that is so, so good. What are, what are ways um, that you can help inspiring and budding authors? Um, is, is it anyone who has a story to tell or certain, certain areas or is it just? Is the, um, is the question who, like, what advice would I give them now? Or yeah, how do advice I advice now and, or, you know, again, how you can help them with that sort of thing. And you may have covered oh, some of that. Yes. Of yes. 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 Down, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. So of the different, um, okay. I'll share the little packages and then I'll share the one, one, mm-hmm. one major tip, maybe two major tips. Um, the packages I offer are six or 12 month in length. And that is, um, bestseller on Amazon, um, paperback Kindle, and then with, or without audible an audible book too, with the author's voice. And, um, we take care after seven years in the publishing game and three years being a coach. Um, cause I have two books I've worked with on that I've published with publishing companies and then one journal. And so after seven years in the game, I have created the ideal experience for an author that is every single thing they will need from idea on a napkin to having their author brand built and having an Amazon bestselling book, everything, even from uploading my books to Goodreads and how many ISBN numbers do I need and what are copyright rules? Like my team takes care of everything. And my goal is that we show up and we are the divine masculine in a sense. We are the riverbanks for the author so that the author can show up and be in the pleasurable, messy dynamic the in the river of the divine feminine and just write. And then we do the unsexy things, the unsexy nuts and bolts <laughs> of publishing. Yeah. And, um, and so that can be a six or 12 month package. And like I said, it can be with or without audiobook. And what that process looks like is we meet once a week on Zoom for an hour. And then I call it a Google greenhouse where your book grows. The author and I are dancing with the words or tilling the ground, if we want to stay with that metaphor, mm-hmm. inside a Google folder in between our Zoom calls. And some of the packages are full access. And what that means is Clients can Vox or DM me anytime on the weekdays they want. And then there's limited access. Of course, those are different investment points. Limited access is we just, I just visit with those clients on Zoom and in the Google comments. And so that, um, and then we go from birthing, getting in tune, intuitively in tune with a book, birthing the book, copy line editing the book. Then we go into pre-launch marketing and then we do, we build their brand. So they become a master of organic social media marketing, email marketing, a street promo team. We do the backend keyword research and Amazon algorithm research to set it up for the success. All, yeah, all the fun stuff. <laughs> so there's, there's those, yeah, totally. There's those packages. Oh, and then every, the goal is for everything to be a partnership. And what I mean by that is I, I work with a multimedia artist 
Heather Paul, who creates along with the author, some public, a lot of publishing companies, which we're not, we're not, a, we're setting the author up to be a KDP Amazon um, best-selling self-published author and setting them up for, for all the future books are going to birth, but so they get to keep the majority. I think traditional publishing companies are around six to 14% royalties for our clients. It's 40 to 70% royalties. We don't get That's royalties, great. obviously. Um, but everything's a partnership. So for publishing companies, in my experience, um, it, it often is a stock photo on the, the book cover. And with Heather, it is a three-month-long dance that she does with the author, asking the author, how do you decorate your house? What were your favorite record covers, album covers as a kid? What is your favorite? Who is one of your favorite artists? And then we upload all those images. And then Heather goes to town in creating um, a book cover, the formatting, the fonts is a partnership with my teammate, Brent. And so everything's, everything's a partnership in building a brand as an author and getting it to bestseller. So that those are, those are packages, six to 12 months. Then I have a six month container that is just, just marketing. So whether it is build, help me build my brand or help me market my book, there's a package that's just marketing. And then in the months ahead for the first time in three years, I am birthing um, a course. So there will be a masterclass, how to outline your nonfiction book while not sitting at the keys for hours or without sitting at the keys for hours while generating more leads um, and speaking gigs. So outlining nonfiction or memoir book, and then there will be, and that'll be like a one hour masterclass, each of those. Mm -hmm. And then a longer, a longer course that is everything I do in masterclass form without the coaching. Wow. And so th those will be coming out in the months ahead. And those that's are awesome. Great evolution yeah. as well. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm stuck I'm on that word excited. now today. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going to embrace it. Yes, yes, yes. That is awesome. That, that is really cool. So guys out there, I know there's just a lot of spiritual folks that are listening mm -hmm. to this of all flavors. Um, mm -hmm. What's the best way to connect with you? So that yes. they know how to connect, get a hold, yeah. just maybe have a discovery call and see if definitely what they have to give is, is something that could be done. Yes. I aim for, and I believe, and I show up to exploration calls or discovery calls, like they are sacred ground because they are, and there's, there's no investment. There's no monetary investment for exploration calls with me. And that I, that is totally on intentional. Um, and so I love helping authors find more clarity, encouragement, resources, direction uh, by the end of our call, even if a partnership is not in the stars for us. Um, and I guarantee that on the expiration call, you will be asked things you've never been asked before about <laughs> your book desires. Um, and your life will be different after our expiration call. And that is my, that is what I've been called to do. So to get on one of those with me, cause I make time in my schedule every week to hop on the call with writers and, um, or those that, those that I'm feeling, I need to say this, um, those that so want to identify as a writer, but they don't yet, but yeah. they still are feeling a nudge right now to hop on a zoom expiration call with me. So you can go to, um, megcalvin.com and um, go to the coaching tab. And then you could, there's a button that says, I'm so ready, let's talk. And that'll just be an expiration call set up. Um, and for your listeners, I um, that want a free 
free training. If they go to medcalvin.com, there's also a free training. They can get three ways to make marketing your book more fun and less frustrating. And, um, just go to, go to medcalvin.com and you can get that there too. Awesome. And I'm assuming you're all over the socials as well. I know you're on Insta. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I need to follow you on TikTok. Um, I am new. I'm new. I'm new to TikTok, but I'm there. So at, Hey, um, at Meg Calvin on TikTok and Facebook. And then on Instagram, it's at Hey Meg Calvin. And I love, I love connecting with people in the DM. So that's another, yeah, you had some funny memes the other day. I was thinking that was was the bat one. Yeah. Was it the bat one? Yes. (laughs) So good. And I like cuddles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was so great. So much. Um, I know you have a busy day ahead of you, but thank you so much for spending time with us today. And I'd love to chat again if you ever have time. Oh, yes. Yes. I would love to talk about spirit guides and power animals. And so, yeah, we didn't quite get to power. We're definitely going to have to schedule another one then for that. (laughs) I'd be so honored. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. And have a beautiful day. And guys, I'll put everything in the show notes. And again, if you didn't catch how to catch or how to get a hold of Meg, it'll be in the show notes. Today's show is sponsored by the Mystic Mind Community, where the spiritually minded go to play. Visit www.mysticmindcommunity.com for more information. Thank you everyone for joining us on the podcast today. You can find more information in the show notes. And as always, you can find me at angelstalk.com or lightworkerpath.com. And also take a minute and check out our spiritual social network, the Mystic Mind Community. We have conversations, multi-day challenges, courses, and a lot of fun. See you next time.